Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Progressive Patriots podcast. Just me once again. I uh, just wrapped up the U.S. edition, but a uh, quick turnaround for the worldwide because there is actually a pretty important election taking place in Taiwan. So it is just about 2330 on uh, January 10th. So let's get right to it. The, pres- the presidential election candidates for the in Taiwan for the presidency of Taiwan, there are uh, two primary, two like main candidates, and then a third party that I'll kind of mention briefly. Uh, I'll just get him out of the way. It's a uh, Ko Wenjie. He's 64 years old. He founded and is running in the Taiwan People's Party. Um, <clears throat> as it pertains, one of the, like the key issues that uh, in Taiwan for Taiwanese candidates is their outlook on the Chinese Communist Party, mainland China, uh, Beijing, diff- different ways to phrase like you know the same entity. But uh, his wording is Taiwan's democracy and way of life has to be respected as it pertains to the CCP. Uh, he's a bit more of a kitchen table of politics sort of guy uh, you know f- fucking housing prices uh, trade kind of uh, but as it pertains to uh, domestic prices and you know household issues so Wenjie is uh, expected to get a healthy number of votes uh, but uh, doesn't seem like it's gonna be enough to spoil any particular candidate I think but uh, moving up to the main opposition, this is Ho Yu-e. He is 66, and he is running for the Kuomintang Party's nomination, or for, for, as their candidate. Uh, the KMT, as they're known for short, is the original po- uh, political party that was defeated by the Chinese Communist Party by, uh, by Mao Zedong. And they fled to Taiwan, and uh, the KMT is now is now the sort of um, uh, I don't want to say conservative, but uh, it's a different dynamic. Um, so this guy uh, Ue is the mayor of New Taipei. Uh, Taipei is the capital city. This is like a really nearby one. Uh, he is he strongly favors. Um, I want to say cooperation with uh, China, but he also vehemently denies being a pro-communist party. Um, also has explicitly spoken out against the one country, two systems model, like what you see with uh, Hong Kong. And like, look how awesome that was going, which it was until it wasn't. I think Macau is kind of a uh, special zone like that. But Taiwan... But KMT... I... I think it might be... Go along to get along? Uh, Kind of? He supports the position that Taiwan and China are a single, like a unified... Uh... Entity, 
and he opposes Taiwan being a, a sovereign state. So uh, I kind of piece it together there. Um, his running mate is his uh, VP is the media personality Joshua Kong. I'm trying my best with these. Um, he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of uh, political experience, but he is uh, a firebrand. And the expected winner is uh, Lai Ching-te. He goes by William. He's 64. He is the current vice president uh, under President Tsai. And he is the chairman of the Democratic Progressive Party, which is the leading uh, political party in Taiwan. He is fervently behind Taiwanese sovereignty. Which, now, uh, that's, with that said, it, it's also weird. Like, he also has vowed to not provoke or take risks uh, with China, but also rejects the Communist Party's territorial claims over Taiwan. It's, it's, it's kind of, you don't want to provoke them, but you're provoking them. <laughs> Um, in his words, only the, only the people of Taiwan can decide its future. His running mate is Xiao Bi Kim, who was the f ambassador to the U.S. It's, huh? It's they keep they always put like de facto ambassador, I guess, because we don't have formal relations with them, despite being massively supportive of them. But anyway, there have been a lot of posts or stories, reports, whatever, coming from mainland China that are, they're calling this like a war or peace uh, election for Taiwan. Essentially that Lai, VP Lai is a dangerous fucking seditionist, separatist, uh, that kind of thing. And that, uh, uh, Mr. Ho is uh, he's the one that they would prefer it's um, I don't know like if I were a Chinese communist if I was a Chinese communist party spy in the Taiwanese uh, political system I would certainly deny being a Chinese communist party sympathizer but I don't know the KMT have had power before and there wasn't too many problems. Hmm. Just, uh, I think the consequential part of this also is that the Senate here in the U.S. signed, like, uh, not just the Senate, but the House, just the Congress in general. A lot of, a lot of, uh, Congress people signed some shit, some resolution that they they support uh, Taiwanese democracy. And uh, will support its and uh, support its defense and self-defense and self-determination. Um, this would put us into another fucking proxy war. Well, I don't think Israel fucking butchering Palestinians is a proxy war, but uh, like Ukraine, Russia, that's a proxy war. Like Taiwan and China would be a proxy war if we didn't um, commit. Person like staff personnel to fighting the Chinese, which ooh, 
that's uh it's a it's a spooky time to, to be alive uh but uh yeah so not i think from what i've been hearing like it seems like the taiwanese people at this point already consider themselves to be separate from china like a separate people from china um they they don't identify themselves as uh chinese they were refer to themselves as taiwanese you know what i mean like they're that's kind of been the what the standard baseline of living for them for quite some time now um i don't i don't know i don't see how how exactly like taiwanese sovereignty um it's you're not going to you reject their claims of the chinese claims of their of that being a territory of theirs uh you you um assert its sovereignty but you don't want to antagonize them like that is explicitly antagonizing them that's like the if there's one thing you would you could do that would piss them off the most it would be that that would be the one to really fucking rustle their jimmies like the thing is that on terms of uh, more domestic policies like while uh, the TPP guy uh, Wenjie I think he is running more with those policies more forward but the other two like they from what I gathered these three are it's like the, the the approach to mainland China is kind of the only real dis differentiating factor you know what i mean um <clears throat> there are uh the kmt so like i had said that um the one to the one party or one unified china but two distinct uh i i don't even think sovereign is the right word but two distinct entities or maybe it is like maybe it's like the uk you know, like Scotland is for it has its own minister, it has its own everything, but it still is part of the United Kingdom. Um, I, I wonder. I think that's might be the best analogy for how the KMT uh, operates, or how they operate as it pertains to China, right? Um, where the TPP, I think, is a similar sort of model like in their <clears throat> in how they approach any sort of uh discussions with mainland china whereas dpp where uh, william lai is the current vice president is running with he he like it's not even a question of is what degree of uh, uh, autonomy does Taiwan have within China because it's not part of China you know what I mean so uh, that's actually what rubs the Chinese the wrong way is that the DPP approaches this approaches 
uh, inter like uh, bilateral relationships with them as uh, equals, whereas the Chinese Communist Party doesn't see it that way. So that's kind of the the crux of the whole thing. Um, I like from what I'm what I've been able to gather about this whole thing. Like the there are other issues and like with how they approach china that also will change how they approach their relationship with the u.s like kmt trying to be a little bit more buddy with with the ccp uh they would not be as friendly as they are with us now they would still but not quite as much if they want to keep better relations with uh china at the forefront but like other shit, like domestic issues, um, there's a, I think there's labor, not, I don't know if shortage is it, but uh, their wage stagnation, I mentioned um, housing costs, housing availability, um, and um, just cost of living. All of these are other standard issues that uh, people come to the ballot with in like as a consideration and it doesn't seem like there's any one unified topic that people would pick if there was if you could only side with a candidate because of one thing there would not be a consensus on what that one thing would be and that includes relations with china relations with the u.s relations with whoever right it's it's a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a fucking crapshoot like one of the ways that it's framed for them is <coughs> just the, like the way that i said it's like a war or peace election that's what that's how the more uh, conservative Taiwanese parties, KMT and others. That's how they frame it as um, we are like the peace candidate and the DPP uh, have been saying or the, the way that they have been framing it is that we are the, you know, the democracy candidate versus the autocracy versus getting swallowed up by mainland China and becoming another, I don't know, just another province. So that's what the implications are there. Uh, it's, I just um, took a little pause to listen to this interview with a woman who, a journalist in um, Taiwan. She was talking about how the, even though there are other, people have other considerations, one of those lingering thoughts in the back of your mind is the I guess it's the same existential dread that w that a lot of people get here after presidential elections but it's for them it's like uh, are is the candidate that just got elected going to be the one that gets us fucking invaded and that's the um, that's like the struggle that they have as they're one of the struggles that they're having as they try to decide who to pick so it's um it's 
it's a scary, scary predicament. Uh, from what I can tell, I don't know, the, this, I don't know. It's, I, I can't, I couldn't say. Uh, just wishing them the best of luck. Uh, hopefully the, uh, the invasion or whatever doesn't happen. The last thing that the Miss Wu said after was that um, uh, something that really helps. It's a little bit of gallows humor, but it helps to accept that regardless of who you vote for, doesn't regardless of who's elected if china wants to invade taiwan they will so just having that be your primary consideration is uh kind of an exercise in futility so for whatever that's worth i think it's uh, yeah it's a little uh, a little bit dark but it's a dark reality so fuck yeah speaking of uh dark realities Sounds quick out of Ukraine. The the Ukrainians uh, set up a chatbot. Now, what this chatbot does is it looks through uh, Ukrainian of like official records of Russian soldiers that have been killed in action or are pr currently prisoners of war. <laughs> uh, the idea came from a, um, a woman who, her, like, husband or something, like, her guy was, uh, was in Ukraine and was apparently a prisoner of war, and she had no way of finding out, no matter how much she tried, she could not find a way to get a hold of him or get any confirmation what, what happened to him, so... Uh, she went around the Russian Ministry of Defense and went directly to the Ukrainian uh, Ministry of Defense and uh, was able to set up some... Uh, she was able to visit him directly, and he was apparently very upset with her because that, uh, that put her life in serious jeopardy with the um, FSB, which is the, fu the fucking um, CIA of Russia, if you didn't know. But yeah, he was like, "What the f like? Who the fuck is gonna take care of our kids if you if they take you?" <laughs> um, but she had she helped them. Uh, that woman helped the U Ukrainians set a arrange that that uh, bot for uh, Russians to find um, f information confirmation of what some kind about their their. Um, their relative and the I think the idea from the Ukrainian side is to plant seeds of dissent um, the, like a to paint it as like we are providing like look this is what the Putin regime is doing to your your boyfriend husband kids uncle brother this is what's happening to your family members they won't tell you because they don't want you to know what's actually happening here and you like now that you know this maybe you should go try to uh, hold them accountable for for what they're doing 
So, uh, if that gets the Russians out of Ukraine, I'm 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 for it. It's uh it's also it's a little macabre, but hey, I mean I guess the the actually knowing versus wondering what's what's going on is the the finality of it I guess. Um, in so the uh, UN HCR uh, humanitarian crisis relief, um, the they are going to be ramping up their 2024 donation campaigns. Uh, there are an estimated 14.6 million Ukrainians that will need help uh, of some kind. And that's about 40% of the population. Um, approximately 4 million people, 25%, approximately 25% of them being children, are they are displaced within Ukraine. Like, goddamn, and it is not a pleasant time to be stuck outside. Uh, so the, the plan is to raise uh, $3.1 billion that should be able to help in the neighborhood of 8.5 million people. Uh, mm -mm. So Edem Wasornu, the director of the Office for Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, he, uh, I honestly could not tell if this is a man or a woman or whatever, but um, the director said, this is hugely concerning for hundreds of thousands of people living in occupied areas close to the front lines where needs are most urgent. Yeah, getting help to the front, that's that's a dangerous task for anyone. Uh, so, um, it, this is um, a UN thing. So I have looked into um, UN HCR. They're a legitimate group like that little like subdivision of the un but if you are determined to just to not put money into the coffers of the un which kind of understandable um you can go to lvx.at slash ukraine and you can that's a non-government organization that you can uh, direct you can direct your donations there if you would prefer but unhcr um if you want I can get you that info too. Uh, moving along to Somalia, there was a helicopter carrying seven people captured after an emergency landing. Uh, five of the crew were not in uh, were not Somalian. Two of them were. This was a it was a UN contracted helicopter, so it wasn't. Um, like you, it wasn't a UN helicopter. Yeah, it's a local on-site acquisition, unfortunately. So they had to make an emergency landing, and the area they landed is controlled by Al Shabaab, that they are militant Muslim fundamentalists in the southern parts of Somalia. So hopefully they're released soon. Um, let me go to Iraq real quick. It's, um, so I mentioned before that, 
some militant factions in Iraq where uh, they had launched, they shot like shot some missiles at uh, the U.S.-led coalition forces that were in Iraq at the time, and uh, I believe it was three were wounded, one like critically, the other two were just like bad, but not terrible or not urgent, I guess. But anyway, so after that, and then the the U.S. Uh, dro used a drone. They uh, shot back and they killed like 16 uh, militants, for, according to um, re just reports uh, from the ground. Um, uh, right, so after that, Iraq is... They're trying to negotiate the immediate... Uh, departure of the U.S.-led coalition. Now, the Prime Minister, uh, Mohammed Shia al-Sudani, he, he did not... didn't uh, set a deadline, but he's emphasizing that it must... It, like, this needs to happen sooner rather than later, and... but uh, we want the... like, I want the U.S., the coalition forces to agree on the circumstances like we're not just going to throw you out in your asses um so his words there is a need to reorganize this relationship so that it is not a target or justification for any party internal or foreign to tamper with stability in iraq or the region uh right so this was um though that mil those militant factions that he's kind of referencing are some uh they're Iran-funded, Iran-sympathizing types, and but the PM has some of them like on payroll as part of the like the formal military. You know what I mean? I think he's um, kind of like you guys do it your way. Um, here's just some basic guidelines if you want to be on the payroll. Uh, but the idea is that he does like he's he didn't necessarily have an issue with the the coalition forces. It's just like if these uh, the Iranians Iranian backed Iraqi little people uh, they're going to continue attacking the coalition forces, and the coalition forces are going to keep retaliating. And there's we we yeah we need to nip that in the bud. So he commented. That the his in his expectation or his estimation that only the end of the crisis in Gaza would be the end of any tensions, um, with the with the, those uh those militant factions in that were attacking the U.S. or the coalition forces, right? So it's not entirely it's not just that the you that we retaliated to the attack that's not entirely his his uh hang up because he has in the past prevented other attacks against the uh against coalition forces he has apprehended perpetrators of attacks against coalition forces um he refers to that 
those sorts of tactics or whatever, like that, those operations as against Iraqi national interest, which, I mean, can't really disagree with them there. Um, hey, it's a, it's a country exercising their sovereignty. If they, if they want us gone, then it's time to go. It's not like he was letting them do that to us. You know what I mean? So it's fine. I don't, I think it's fine. Um, let's do some European stuff. No, I'm going to hit this. Uh, just the stu- situation in Palestine. Uh, <clears throat> right. So in the Palestinian Authority, uh, which is the... It's the governing body of West Bank, but it does not really control anything going on in Gaza, right? So the president of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, he today met with the Secretary of State, the U.S. Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, uh, who Tony Blinken was there, like in Israel, Israel, Palestine, he was there. Uh, pushing Israeli leadership to offer a practical pathway, his words, uh, to statehood for Palestine. Um, but like on the reverse of it, Blinken also pressed uh, Mahmoud Abbas to about reforms and improvements they should that need to be made for them to also govern Gaza um, after everything is done whatever that might mean but he said that extremist settler violence carried out with impunity settlement expansion demolitions evictions all make it harder not easier for israel to achieve lasting peace and security holy shit the fucking last horse finally crosses the fucking finish line Holy shit, dog. That's what we've been saying the whole fucking time. Holy shit. Holy shit. What the what the fuck have I been saying every single fucking time? This is not going to be solved with fucking violence. The more violence that Israel perpetrates, the more fucking terrorists they're going to create. What the fuck do you think they're going to do? When you step on their heads, oh, like just nonstop, they're eventually going to be tired of it and do something about it. And you're not going to like it. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Well, finally, look at that. We're finally doing something decent in the fucking region. Goodness fucking gracious. This is not condoning or advocating for violence. This is not. I am resolutely against it. Goodness, if you have not figured that out by now. Do not... Alright. Deep fucking... Alright. Deep breath. Okay. Um, I want to say... So while uh, Secretary Blinken was with Israeli leadership... The uh, Palestinian Authority president, uh, President Abbas, he was meeting with the leaders of Egypt and Jordan. Um, And those two, Egypt and Jordan, were they were 
kind of making uh, statements, press statements like calling for Israel to let Palestinians come home and they resolutely stand against um, Israel driving all the Palestinians out of Palestine. Um, <clears throat> so King Abdullah, uh, he's the king, king of Jordan, he pointed out that there are increasing attacks in the West Bank by settlers on the Palestinians and the Palestinians are the only ones who face any consequences if they retaliate in any way. Uh -huh. The So this is uh, from, I don't know who, it was just said some uh, Jordanian official. It, it's this. The Arabs are telling the Americans the priority now is to get a ceasefire to allow Palestinians to go back to northern Gaza and ease the overcrowding near Rafah, which is alarming both the Egyptians and the Jordanians. Uh, Rafah is a town, it's a little city in southern Gaza that's on the uh, Egyptian border, or close to the Egyptian border. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, let them return home, of course, like no, yeah of course that's wonderful it's just my only question is like what are you returning to and it's not by any fault of theirs it's not the palestinians fault but it's like what are you going home to what are you going what home are you going to you're going to a pile of rubble that's not and it's not their fault and i they have every right to want to stay there and i think the fucking israelis should have to fix it But speaking of the Israelis, they in the um, International Court of Justice, it's a UN thing. Um, South Africa has a, has formally charged Israel with genocide. Uh, that one was like breaking news just before I started recording this. Uh, the South Africans are calling for a suspension of all Israeli operations, military operations in Gaza. Uh, and uh, Brazil and Colombia are supporting the case. They're like co-sponsoring, I guess. But it's uh, interesting. Uh, I had asked some people who are also keep up with this stuff, and they were saying like, yes, I didn't know this, but the ICJ... Uh, in general, is probably not going to do anything about this because they're they just do whatever the Security Council tells them to do. Uh, which, if you don't recall, it the Security Council is the panel that requires unanimous uh, vote to do anything. Um, uh, that's all the news out of Palestine. Twenty three thousand plus dead 20 over 23,000 people have been killed I very much commiserate offer my sincerest condolences to the people who lost their lives and their families for, um, in the inexcusable attacks on October 7th I really do I really do just as much as it like the 20 this number 
of just <laughs> completely innocent people that are being butchered like fucking animals it's it makes my heart hurt just as much as like the israeli people who were murdered for no fucking reason it hurts seeing all of this shit that we can do to each other i, re I remember the, the moment that i heard about the hamas attack i was like they like the the people who are going to pay for this are the Palestinians. They are going to pay desperately. Hamas is not going to really suffer that much of consequences, relatively anyway. But the Palestinians will, and hmm, twenty three thousand plus. Unbelievable. Um, some news out of South America. In Ecuador so there is there was some pretty wild news <clears throat> um, the president Daniel Noboa he is he has executed order 66 uh, which in uh, Ecuador is called the Phoenix plan so this is the beginning of a military crackdown on criminal syndicates that have been relabeled as terrorist organizations. Um, uh, Noboa said, we are at war and we cannot cede in the face of these terrorist groups. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Um, murder rose 200% from 2022 to 2023, uh, which is really spooky. Um, prisons have become like battle royale arenas they're just like thunderdomes where factions within the prisons fight for control of the prisons because the prisons don't are so poorly staffed um adolfo macias he is the leader of the los choneros crime group he escaped prison on Sunday uh, I think that was about when the uh, I, th I think that's when the state of emergency was declared but two officers or I think it was Monday but immediately following the declaration um, two police officers were murdered on Tuesday uh, seven Police officers were kidnapped through um, four of which are still in captivity. There was a television studio. I believe it was a news broadcast. The entire television studio was raided by some gang and the entire studio was held hostage on live TV. Um, I believe that was yesterday. Uh, it's um, pretty dark times uh, so the the Phoenix plan it calls for a new national intelligence unit uh, modernizing the current prisons and new high security prisons 
for higher risk uh, inmates. Increased security at ports of entry, um, border crossings and airports, I believe. And uh, notedly, zero negotiation with terrorists, which is uh, all the, the domestic gangs or crime syndicates or whatever. So the entire plan has approximately $800 million appropriated with $200 million earmarked for wep weaponry, which will be purchased from the U.S. Wonderful. Uh, the state of emergency will last 60 days. Yeah, it was declared on Monday. Uh, that included deploying the military for patrols in various, you know, areas, including inside the prisons. That's, uh, that's some fucking mean bush, man. National curfew went into effect on Monday uh, at night. I think it's sundown. Man, oh man. Fif about Of the prison population, about 1,500 of them are from uh, Colombia, Peru, or Venezuela. And the Ecuadorian government will try to extradite them to their homes. Um, the Colombian Justice Minister, Nestor Osuna, uh, he, the way he put it, uh, he, he made it clear that um, he is very much in sympathy. He very much sympathizes with the what with Phoenix Plan. Like he, he likes it. He agrees with it. He wants to help the Ecuadorian Ecuadorian government as much as he can. Uh, to the fullest extent that he can Be and because uh, Colombian law dictates the following that in order for those prisoners to be sent back to Colombia for Colombian prisoners to be sent back to sent back to Colombia and for their sentence to continue they, they need to be formally repatriated and um, there's some fucking process um, that he didn't get into and if the if the Ecuadorians just uh, expel the Colombians from Ecuador, then they won't have to continue serving their time. Um, and but they are preparing. Apparently, Mr. Osuna said, "If there's an expulsion, we'll look at how many. If they arrive at the border, really need to be detained." So assuming they go back to Colombia. Um, obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but the a lot of the power that the gangs have, which is approximately 20,000 people, and um, that's their full strength of all the gangs, whether or not they're aligned, but uh, uh, Colombian drug trafficking plays a huge part of their financial power so that that's a uh, pretty par for the course with pretty much anybody that's on the trail from Colombia to the US right um, yeah it's it's scary um, for I guess for Ecuador but this is one of those situations that I um, that I often point, would like to point out to people 
uh, who say when they talk about just like, oh, well, fuck migrants, just send the fucking kick them out, send them back. I don't give a shit. Like, it's not like this is why this is what they're running from. Okay. There are criminal groups in their areas that will fucking kill them. And then like, oh, well, that's not my problem. Well, you fucking there. The problem has just crossed our border and is now becoming our problem. You fucking moron. If you don't, it, this is the type of shit that needs to be squashed. Otherwise, the the migrants will just continue coming. And there's you're like you're not solving the root of the problem, and that's that these the horrible conditions that these people are fleeing. Goodness gracious. A uh, little bit more positive news out of Brazil. The <coughs> So apparently, there's this uh, trade group called the Mercosur, which is just Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay. So the more successful nations. I'm surprised Chile is not in there. Thinking on it. But um, President Lula da Silva met with the Japanese Prime Minister uh, Jumio Kishida and they want to increase trade relations between Brazil and Japan. But they also discussed uh, Mercosur with Japan. Um, apparently Mercosur, uh, Mercosur has They've been waiting on an e a trade deal with the EU that has been stuck who knows where. So uh, they have been looking at China, Vietnam, Indonesia, and Korea, as well as Japan, obviously, as their uh, trading partners, potential new trading partners. Uh, the, the first Asian country that uh, the that that trade uh, cartel signed with was Singapore. So that's pretty cool. Um, so that's good to see. Uh, for absolutely no reason whatsoever, I have a special place in my heart for Uruguay. Don't know why. Couldn't tell you. But I do. Uh, last stuff before we get out of here. Oh, the Greeks. Uh, the Prime Minister Karakios Mitsotakis announced a bill to that will legalize um, LGBT marriages and to eliminate on discrimination for uh, same-sex couples. Um, the Greek Orthodox Church uh, opposes marriage equality and over 80%, almost 90% of Greeks claim to be Greek Orthodox. Um, the Prime Minister did specify that these are civil, like legal marriages, civil unions or whatever, and that they're not religious. Further, they're not going to... His words experiment with more advanced ideas what does that mean i don't know uh probably squashing any talk of oh well the gays are gonna get married next thing you know they're gonna marry their dogs 
first of all, like, fuck you a little bit. Yeah, you know, fuck you, maybe, twice. Uh, but it's also like, look, this is just for the LGBT people, all right? Will you calm your fucking shit? Unfortunately, a poll on the ground earlier in the week, uh, 35% of the population would support the measure. 69, what the fuck? <laughs> 49% oppose it. 16% declined to answer. So, uh, it would be their fault. You fucks. <laughs> um, man, this one really fucking peeves me. Uh, so, if you recall, back uh, during his administration, uh, President Trump went to Europe and was uh, met. <coughs> excuse me met with um, NATO heads of state, with EU heads of state, etc. And he he was the only one that did not aff like verbally affirm Article 5 of the NATO Charter. I believe is the... Article 5 is the one that specifies um, mutual defense. So, attack one, you attack all. But... He's the only one that didn't. Anyway, so he met with the the EU, uh, like president of the EU, kind of. So just it's not a very powerful title, but still, uh, Ursula von der Leyen. Uh, he he specifically said, quote. You need to understand that if Europe is ever under attack, we will never come to help you and to support you. End quote. <clears throat> Another one is, uh, quote, By the way, NATO is dead and we will leave. We will quit NATO. End quote. Both of those are uh, Mr. Trump's uh, just pearls of wisdom. The, the commission president's uh, staff um, specifically refused to comment on this. Uh, they said that uh, those communications are supposed to be privileged. So if somebody else, if someone else released the info, then, you know, like that's on them. But the, the office of the uh, EU pre commission president will never divulge that information so take that to mean what you will uh i remember also trump said something to uh then chancellor uh merkel told her like you owe me 400 billion dollars because they didn't spend um x more amount on their national defense which um if you recall i've uh that Germany's now starting to like deploy troops, so hmm. I think they're spending it. Um, the last thing this happened. Was, this happened yesterday. The French president Emmanuel Macron he appointed 
Gabriel Attal as Prime Minister of France. That motherfucker's the same age as me. Jesus Christ. He's the youngest Prime Minister in uh, French history. The idea here is he's, you know, trying to appeal to a wider audience, you know, get, uh, do a little bit more of the uh, young people stuff with his young person, with his token young person. Uh, Marine Le Pen, his uh, primary opponent from the uh, conservative party over there, she also has a token young person. His name is uh, Jordan some shit or other. But uh, so he was uh, brought out a few uh, weeks ago, and then Atal came out this week. So he said, "Oh, you you think you got a fucking young stud over there? Check out Atal." Um. So the EU Parliament is holding elections in June. Um, after Brexit, and then Merca- uh, Merkel retiring. The French have kind of been the de facto leaders of EU. So he's uh, been enjoying some pretty strong influence at the EU. Uh, And I think if he has this Atal guy as prime minister, you know, like in his stead when he's off doing EU shit. I think that's the that's the move here. Uh, but we'll see how that turns out. Still some time to go, so something to keep an eye on. But that's the last thing that I had for this world edition. The shit in Taiwan, man. Like the I say it all the time about North Korea. Like if everything is a fucking uh, declaration of war, then bro, then fucking nothing is, okay? Words are important. Words have meaning. So pick them wisely, because if you just keep using the same fucking, like, if you keep if hyperbole is your go-to every time, like, no one's gonna believe you when the shit's real. So, uh, this, the thing about this in particular is, like, I've heard the Chinese talking about like Taiwan being that provoke pro, uh, being provocative and all the rest of it, but like, nah, I don't know. I don't know why. I can't tell you, but this one feels a little different. Um, I guess the what kind of gives me some puts my mind at ease a little bit is that Lai, uh, William Lai, who is the front runner, the, mo- the likely winner. He's um, he's following. He's the VP, and so he's going to be succeeding the the guy who's currently in in office. Fucking obviously, but they have enjoyed relative peace throughout his tenure, the current president's tenure. So Lai um, is more of the same he's not going to provoke anybody at least not through action maybe but he's also he's not gonna take um xi jinping's bullshit so uh just something to keep an eye on um hopefully the uh 
uh, Colin J, the the third party guy. Um, he, uh, uh, if he's going to, I don't know who he would spoil. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know that much about like life in Taiwan right now. But from the story that that journalist I mentioned, she mentioned that in um in a uh, they do a mock election with all of the high school kids that at graduating high school or just being in high school age, you're not old enough to vote yet. So they do like all the high schools do a mock mock election, and uh, in this one, the the. Taiwan People's Party, Kowen Jay, the third party dude, he um, he won. And in her story, the the kid that said like, I can't believe my fucking classmates voted for him. And then she asked him like, Did you, did you vote? Like, well, no. <laughs> well, there you fucking go, idiot. <laughs> Not, she didn't exactly say that, but it was like, there you go. Like, what the fuck did you expect? But yeah, um, so that's on Saturday. Hopefully, hopefully we're we're uh, we're rooting for a DPP win here. Um, stuff I mentioned on the other show. Uh, just as we get out of here, lvxmedia.net. We go there. You can see all the other shows that we do: um, boxing, MMA, some. <laughs> when I say spiritual advice, I mean like ooky spooky spirits. So. If you like that kind of thing, then there you go. Um, and we have actually a pretty cool one for the slice of life, the eight, the hard shell tacos show. There's a we got a, a we're gonna have a guest on tomorrow. That's pretty cool. I'm really, I'm pretty excited about that. So, right there's all that stuff. Um, if you want to interact on social media, LVX Media Net. That's us on everything. Um, if if you interact with social media posts, like liking them helps a lot, sharing them helps a lot. Uh, comments also, uh, if you would like, I will comment, I will reply to you. Um, but interacting with social media posts that helps to elevate them, highlight them, so that uh, they're more visible, like in Discover pages and for you pages, like feeds and stuff like that. That's that helps that so and that would hopefully have the unintended consequence of more traffic to the shows themselves. But what helps the most, uh, if you rate the show wherever you're listening to, um, if you could please hit me with a fiver. If you would, if you are not inclined to, not feeling like this is a five star show, then please tell me how before you fucking wreck my spirits. Uh, <laughs> Um, so like, uh, good ratings help the, help the show appear more higher in searches. You know what I mean? So that obviously helps a lot. Um, reviewing, if you have the time or the inclination to review, that would be awesome. I would never say no to that. Uh, last thing, contact stuff. If you go to luxmedia.net, you could see hit, uh, or yeah, the, uh, Hit the Progressive Patriots button. In the button, in there, you'll find two things. An email address, which straightforward if you want to email. Um, if you want to use a phone number, it's anonymous. Uh, if you don't tell me, I don't know who you are. 
Um, the If you call, it goes straight to voicemail. No one's answering. Um, or if you text, you're right. So either way, if you have questions, if you have comments about anything, if you want, uh, if the, like if I misspoke, uh, which is I'm very liable to do, like Marines and being dumb is like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> A deep cut, if anyone gets it. Uh, if but if I need to correct myself on anything, fuck, please let me know. I will gladly do so. Um, uh, if you would like, last uh, if you want to help Ukraine, um, lvx.at slash uh, Ukraine. That's um, the, I think the International Rescue Committee, I think is the one I picked for them. But yeah, that's uh, non-governmental, but uh, the UNHCR is not terrible. They're not bad. So uh, if you would like to get involved, lvx.at slash cdef, that's for common defense, uh, like-minded, patriotic Americans, veterans, like the lot like all of us all, all of us are veterans so it's definitely uh, worth looking into I, I'm more than certain that there is at least one other person in common defense that is near you if you're in the United States anyway so that's uh, lux.at slash cdef I think that's it I think we've done it we made it <laughs> All right, I'll see you next time.